It is Monday, September 18th. I'm Scott Sattenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Offense is back in the NFL. Except for the Jets. Too soon. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Dolphins move to 2-0 with a win in Foxborough. Well, the Chiefs avoid the 0-2 start, beating the Jaguars, and that's the Vegas lead. AJ, let's recap this Sunday, week two of the NFL. And offense is back as overs led the way. Already this week, 12-2 to the over. Yeah. Uh, frustrating for me. One of my unders was the Cowboys Jets, which, you know, feels like it should have hit. Uh, Jets did their part, certainly, putting up only 10 points, but the Cowboys too much. Um, we may need to have a discussion about this vaunted Jets defense. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it was a, a big week for offenses. A couple of a couple games got up into the, uh, the, the high 50s and – a um, couple, I, I think maybe more than one, got into the 60s. I know the Seahawks and the Lions yep. got into the 60s. Well, remember, oh, the Commanders-Broncos yep. got into the 60s. That's remember right. the trend I gave out uh, when we talked about on the Dream Pod the Seahawks-Lions total and why it was so low, and I said eight of the Lions' nine home games last year saw at least 51 combined points. That's wild. And they combined for 68. Yep. And yes, it took overtime, but they combined for 68 yesterday well let's start with Sunday night football it's fresh uh, in our minds from last night the Dolphins beating the Patriots 24-17 holding off the Patriots 24-17 yeah the page was speaking of all the offense the Patriots didn't find theirs until after halftime uh, it was a, a struggle for Mac Jones and company early they actually put together a really nice opening drive and then let it slip away. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to be the case for them a lot in the first half. It was move the ball, move the ball, move the ball, make a mistake. And eventually they, they settled in in the second half. The defense did a good job of, of you know, holding Tua and, and those weapons in check. What they didn't do, though, and, and this is what we've talked about with Bill, what Bill Belichick does. He takes away your best weapon. So what Mike McDaniel do said, well, I guess we'll just have Raheem Mostert run. Mm-hmm. And Raheem Mostert. 18 carries, 121 yards, and two touchdowns. Had yeah. himself a day. So if you're going to take away that passing game or limit that passing game, which they, they did a pretty good job of, uh, the Dolphins said we're going to find a new way to beat you, and, and they did it. I, I think what it boils down to for this Patriots team is they're just not very talented. No, uh, it, it's You can be well coached and you can be pretty solid on defense, but, man, Mac Jones, it, it, when it doesn't feel like he's the guy who's going to go get you a big play at the mm-hmm. right time. They don't really have real playmakers. Ramondre Stevenson is probably their best offensive player, which I think is a bit of an indictment, uh, particularly when you're trying to keep pace with a team like the Miami Dolphins. But I think if you said you're going to hold the Dolphins to 24 points, the Patriots probably thought we were in this thing, and at the end of the day, they were. They were. It, mm-hmm. it comes down to the, the very end of the game, a minute left in the game, uh, fourth down, the Patriots driving. And yeah, and by the way, I, 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 I always laugh at people arguing with the replay booth on yeah. Twitter. Okay, I know what we see at home in our televisions, but in the command center, they got every angle. They're piecing together frame by frame. If they saw it as short, 
it was short, okay? Yeah. Especially if they overturned it. Yes. Like it, 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 and if it they was had a said lateral it. play, too. It's like, come on, guys. Uh, I, in real time, it looked like you got it. Yeah. And I know you you had a, a wager on the uh, the Dolphins. I mm-hmm. know you were sweating. I was. Uh, but it w- it looked like they had it. And who knows what would have happened after that anyway. Well, you know what I'm but, waiting for is that why don't we have, like, the, the goal line in technology the yeah. that just – because the thing that always bothers me, and, you know, yes, by the rule, he was down, he was short. But why isn't the first down yard to gain – this treated the same as the goal line. And what I mean by that is we all know the rule when there's a goal line play. If any part of the ball crosses any part of the white, even if the tip of the football gets across the white, it's a touchdown. But yet for a first down, we got to see the whole ball land across the line or even just land on the line. It's like if it was just any part of the ball crossing that, you know, imaginary laser line, it's a first down. Yeah, but that's not I, I, that's not what happened. I do think they need to go to that chip technology, but and, and start, yes, you know this is and the they line, already have over it. they already have like the field laser gridded because yeah. they do the whole next gen stats and all that stuff, and the players have the the chips in their pads. Anyway, the uh, idea that we're still bringing out chain gangs and know, measuring by chains. Hey, those is, guys they, they need they need jobs, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like umpires in baseball need yes, jobs. Yes, yes, but I think you know the Dolphins did a great job of running, especially in between the tackles. You mentioned Raheem Mostert. He had that long touchdown run as well. And the Patriots, the best thing to come out of this game for them was, first, the uh, hurry-up offense in the second half was very effective. Mac Jones looked very comfortable yep. in that no-huddle offense. But also, the special teams wrinkle on the on, on the field goal play. <laughs> that was impressive. Running the guy in from the sides or from the hash, like, that's a genius play that a lot of special teams coaches are probably copying here on Monday. No doubt. We continue to go through the schedule yesterday, and let's talk about the Chiefs avoiding the 0-2 start, beating the Jaguars 17-9, return to action for both Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. Kelsey rewarding his quarterback with a touchdown. He didn't do much. In fact, the Chiefs offense just didn't do much. But Kelsey winds up with four catches, 26 yards, and a touchdown. And that touchdown was just so perfectly Kelsey Mahomes because I was watching on the broadcast and they're like, they just, they find each other. They know where they are. And when Mahomes scrambled out to the right, Kelsey broke off his route. He went to the left and he was able to find a space in the end zone. I know everyone's making Taylor Swift jokes. Ha 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 ha. Very funny. Make your Taylor Swift jokes about uh, Travis Kelsey. I give him props, I say. And for Chris Jones, he finishes with two total tackles and one and a half sacks. I think that guy has an impact on the game. Yeah, he was much the much more impactful of the two guys who came back for Kansas City. Uh but listen, the 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 Chiefs offense, I don't think they're going to be this going forward. This was one of the only two unders uh of Sunday, the Chiefs Jags, and that's what probably one of the least likely unders yeah. uh based on what we saw in week 1. So, uh I I don't think the the Chiefs offense is going to be this bad going forward, but they did have a rough day. Luckily, the defense stepped up, and, and Trevor Lawrence made some ill-advised throws. Uh, they didn't run the ball as well as they did in Week One. So, and uh, Calvin Ridley really didn't do anything. He was targeted a bunch, but couldn't do much. The Chiefs did a good job of, of mm-hmm. limiting what he could do. So, uh, this was a this this was a grimy win for the Chiefs. It's not what we're used to seeing from them, 
But you go on the road, you get a win over a team that's considered, you know, one of the one of the better handful of teams in the AFC. This is a good win for the Chiefs. The Falcons are 2-0, and a come-from-behind win over the Packers, 25-24. The decisions to kick the field goals turns out to be a bright decision as the defense got them the football back. Desmond Ritter drove them down the field. They got into field goal range time after time again and were able to take the 25-24 lead over the Packers. And Bijan Robinson, he continues to amaze. Now it's two weeks in the NFL 19 carries, 124 yards. He had uh, 48 yards receiving. The more that he shines, and I know, like, they still, Tyler Algiers still is getting a ton of carries. Bijan Robinson is going to be the focal point of this offense. He's I, that good. There's no doubt. Because, listen, Desmond Ritter's not very good. Uh, and that's something they're going to have to deal with. But it, they're really well coached. They play pretty solid defense. And they can run the ball. Uh, and, and I think that's why Tyler Algier is so important. Because, they can't run Bijan enough to keep mm-hmm. up with how much they want to run the football. And you mentioned the field goals working for him. I thought the play of the game in this game was with just over two minutes left. They were a fourth and one at the Green Bay 23. They were down two. They could have kicked a field goal to to uh, to to win it mm-hmm. or to go ahead. Then they would have given the ball back. They said, nope, we're going for yeah. it. Fourth and one, they go for it. Bijan picks up seven yards. They hit the two-minute warning. They end up kicking a field goal anyway, but they they yeah. drained another minute yeah, and three like seconds sec- off the clock. Seconds left the Packers and uh, the, ball back, the yeah. Packers got the ball back and did nothing with it. I, I again, this was big balls decision by Arthur Smith, and and at a big balls moment, Bijan Robinson came up came up uh, strong. And this, uh, depending on when you bet this game, you either there was spread drama. Yes, you either won with the Falcons catching a point or a point and a half. You may have won or pushed with the Packers laying one. You may have won with, uh, excuse me, the Falcons laying one. You may have won with Falcons money line. You lost if you laid the one and a half. You lost if you laid the two, the two and a half. This thing closed at Falcons minus three. Yeah, you definitely was, lost with you that. You definitely lost with that. But I'll, this was one. But of like the, this is one of those games where Fezzik would have said, "Yeah, I had Falcons one and a half, and I had uh, Packers three. Exactly. This is one of the games like like McKenzie reminds us. Like Fez would say. If you're a professional better, no professional better should have lost on this game. Yeah, because you could have got both sides of it because the, the spread flipped. Uh, the Bills defeated the Raiders 38 to 10, and they did exactly AJ what you said they were going to do, which was be bullies in this game. Yeah, this is what the Bills. This is their mo. They beat up on bad football teams, and defensively, they were dominant in this game. I mean, it, they made Jimmy Garoppolo was was struggling. Like, he couldn't throw the ball more than three or four yards down the field. Uh, you know, he it was – they couldn't the, – the Raiders couldn't run the ball. Josh Jacobs, nine carries, minus two yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, Bill, the Bills' defense was super strong. Josh Allen, 31 of 37, three touchdowns, no picks. Is that good? That was great. It's pretty good. And he it, didn't run the ball. Like no. Said, he didn't have to. He's jo- Josh Allen isn't broken, guys. The, the Jets defense, like I said, is built to stop the Bills. They did a great job. Not all defenses are built that way. The Raiders certainly aren't built that way. Uh, the Bills showed that they are still one of the teams to beat in the AFC. Ravens up to 2-0. Bengals 0-2 after Baltimore wins 27-24 in Cincinnati, unlike Aguilar. Aguilar catching a nice touchdown. Five catches, 63 yards. Lamar finishes 24 of 33 for 237. The Bengals offense just looks awful. 
for two straight weeks now. Burrow was a little bit better as this game progressed. He finished with 222 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Mixon had 59 yards rushing. But this offense, it's not the high, you know, profile, high scoring, fast paced offense we thought we were going to see coming into the season. And I got to be honest, Joe Burrow didn't look healthy. And it's a problem if this calf persists. Here's what he had to say after the game. Yeah, just tweaked it a little bit again. Uh, you know, we'll see where it is tomorrow. We're going to have to wait and see. I, I'm not sure how it's going to feel in the next couple of days. Uh, it's pretty sore right now, but no, no telling how it's going to feel. So I think we're going to take it day by day. Yeah, the, the idea that Joe Burrow is now leaning on that and saying, yeah, I, I tweaked it again. So it's, it tells you he's clearly not healthy which was obvious if you've watched either mm-hmm. of the last two games. And we talked about this coming into the season. This is a, a, an injury that has a high reoccurrence rate and can lead to more severe injuries. So the Bengals, obviously an 0-2 start isn't ideal. They did it last year. They came back from it and had a, a great season. Um, I, I don't know that they're in, a, they're in a position where they can say, well, let's just sit out for a week, Joe. Let's get, you, let's get you right. I don't know that they can do that, and I don't know that a week would fix anything. Remember, this guy missed the entire yeah. preseason, and he still isn't right. So, so they, they have the extra day because they play on Monday night next week. It's uh, They welcome in the Rams. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites right now, but if Barrow is not healthy, you can't lay that many points. No way. I'm, I'm interested in the Rams at that mm-hmm. number now Yeah, because I, I don't think he's healthy. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would take advantage of that Rams number before we get any clarification on Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow's status. Uh, in overtime, the Seahawks defeated the Lions 37-31. Uh, back and forth affair here. It was a fun game to watch the highlights of. Uh, Jared Goff had that one mistake, you know, that led to the score there. Uh, but credit Geno Smith and, and this Seahawks team for for just continuing to fight. And, and just kudos to both teams, but I was very impressed by Geno Smith in this performance. Yeah, this was a, a great showing by them, and it it just goes to show that the the Lions' defense still has some real issues. Uh, they're they're not all the way fixed yet. Like Aiden Hutchinson covers up a lot, but they've they've still got a lot of problems. Was there a hold on that final play? Uh, yeah, sure, yeah. there there was. But the, I mean, there's holds in the NFL almost every play, I so agree with it, that. it's one of those things that it's hard to cry about. But it it was a there was certainly a hold, and when mm-hmm. you watch it in replay, you say yeah. That's a hold. But, again, if you watch every every play in every game and replay, you can probably find a hold mm-hmm. if you if you look uh, hard enough. Jameer Gibbs has to get more carries. Well, it looks like he will going forward. Yeah, because you know, Montgomery, Montgomery got carted off. So, uh, looks like – I, and I, I struggle to say that Gibbs has to get more carries because until he got hurt, Montgomery looked so good mm. that it's like – because Gibbs in limited action wasn't doing a whole lot. And and I think the idea of Gibbs – when they when you draft that guy is use him in the passing game, and when they use him in the With passing seven game, catches, yeah. yeah, that's when he's when he's got a spark. But I think carrying the ball, I, I don't. He's certainly not better than David Montgomery right now carrying the ball. And if they have to go to him as like the the guy, I guess Craig Reynolds is there, but Craig Reynolds is nowhere close to David Montgomery anyway. There's going to be a drop off in the run game. I just think Gibbs has. Like, David Montgomery's a good power back. He'll run it sure. straight through the middle, and he'll gain you those hard yards. Gibbs is a home run threat. Sure. Gibbs reminds me a lot of – do you remember Tariq Cohen? Yeah, of course. He's a lot like Tariq Cohen. And it's – when he's a guy who when you put him in for a certain set of plays, it's like, man, that guy can make some magic happen. Mm-hmm. But then when you try and up that workload a little yeah. bit, it's like, oh, maybe this isn't the, the, the right – I, I think Gibbs is the perfect guy to be part of a duo. He just needs that other guy. Mm-hmm. 
Let's take a look now at the Titans, also in overtime, beating the Chargers 27-24 as the Chargers fall to 0-2. Yeah, Chargers are in trouble, man. This uh this is one of those games that RJ will give me grief about Justin Herbert, and I'll just I'll, and then you'll say no. I don't know what to say, man. I, I don't. I mean, Justin Herbert played really well. Three hundred and five um, yards, two touchdowns. Keenan Allen eight catches, one eleven, and two scores. Mike Williams had eighty three yards, but the best offensive weapon on this team did not play in this game, and that's Austin Eckler. Yeah, and Josh Kelly gave nothing in his stead. Uh, Thirteen carries, thirty nine yards. That's not going to get the job done. Um, but again, this isn't not to make excuses because Justin Herbert isn't the only guy on the Chargers. The Chargers as a team are struggling because they're not. I don't think they're very well coached. Uh, I, I think defensively they've got some real issues. And Ryan Tannehill, who looked about as bad as he could a week ago, twenty of twenty-four passing in this game. Not not a lot of big shots, a lot mm -hmm. of dink and dunk, but they got the job done. And Vrabel is just such a good coach, especially you know as a home dog. Oh, Vrabel, like yeah. Vrabel might as well have been a, a genius in this coaching mm -hmm. matchup. Uh, uh, yeah, Herbert, you mentioned it, finished with 305, two scores. The Bears losing to the Bucks. Tampa Bay now 2-0, 27-17. Baker Mayfield, 317 yards passing. And the touchdown, Justin Fields stinks. And the more <laughs> that you watch video on this guy, I don't know how anybody thinks he's going to develop into an NFL quarterback. Now, is he dynamic with the ball in his hands? Yes. Can he be a great runner? Sure. Four carries for three yards? That's not going to do it. No. And and the the idea, I watched, I watched another video where it's like, how, how does an NFL quarterback not recognize the space in the defense? And they did a slow motion of, when Justin Fields drops back, the coverage dropped back, and then they circled one open wide receiver, two open wide receivers, and then Justin Fields running up the middle and getting tackled for a one-yard gain or, or even a sack. And it's like, you're, you're an NFL quarterback. Drop back, recognize, throw the football. Yeah. You watch Read two, the field. Watch Tua last night. You see how quickly he gets the ball out of his hands? Yeah. Like, Justin Fields is... He's regressing now, and everyone wants to talk about how great he was last year running the football. Yeah, he was, but the Bears still only won three games last year. The fact that they, this team, like, I'll say it every week, a seven-and-a-half win total. It was crazy. It comical. really was crazy. Comical. And now they go to Kansas City where it's not going to get any easier. Nope. So, uh, yeah, the, the Bears are they're in that conversation because as worse teams because this is – I, I still don't think much of this Tampa team – uh, I know Baker played well again. I, I'm not a long-term believer in what he's doing, and I don't think that this team is in general very good, although Mike Evans looks like he's turning back the clock a mm. little bit. Uh, but the Bears are just – they're dreadful. They're dreadful on both sides of the ball. You mentioned the number, three or four carries for three yards. That What that tells you is for the Bears to win, they needed Justin Fields to throw the ball. That ain't going to happen. Nope. So if, if they're in a game where – Justin Fields has 29 pass attempts and four rushing attempts. I can already tell you who won that game. Colts beat the Texans 31-20, a battle of rookie quarterbacks won by Anthony Richardson in limited action. Anthony Richardson had two rushing touchdowns in this game. He was 6 of 10 passing for 56 yards before he left with a concussion. Gardner Minshew came into the game, and that's why you have a backup quarterback that a lot of teams might even consider starting 
Like if you're the Chicago, if you're the Bears, Gardner Minshew should start over Justin Fields. I agree. You know, but uh, having a capable backup, it, it's very important when you have a guy like Anthony Richardson who is going to take risks and run the football. And that's the thing. You live and you die by that because you want him to run. That's why you drafted him so highly is because of his athleticism and how dynamic he is running the football. But he also opens him up to get hits. And one hit, bam, you're in the concussion protocol and you're out of the game. Yeah, and it, it, listen, it, Richardson was looked like he was playing. He was having a good game, yep. certainly running the ball well. Uh, you you see some some of the dynamic stuff that the Colts like about him, but th- you're right, that's going to happen when you play football the way he does. You're going to take some big licks. Uh, the the Colts didn't have a rushing game a week ago. Zach Moss, 18 carries, 88 yards. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. You're, you've got the job, my friend. <laughs> you've got the job. Uh, Deion Jackson did not see the field did not see a carry well they can use the, that jonathan taylor guy they could use him uh the texans right now the the biggest issue for them is they are not a good running team and you're putting everything on cj stroud that's not going to work that's going to lose you a lot of games and cj stroud when you look at his numbers you go oh 30 of 47 384 yards two touchdowns that's not bad six sacks though because everybody's pinning their ears back. They fully understand the Texans can't run the football. 26 carries, 52 yards. They don't. Uh, Damian Pierce is a, a good back. People made it out last year like he was going to be a great back. He's not. The offensive line isn't good. The scheme isn't good. The coaching isn't good for running the football. The, it's a weakness in their game, which means there's a lot piled on the plate of C.J. Stroud. With a rookie quarterback, you'll see him. He might put up some numbers. He might be decent for fantasy, mm-hmm. but it's going to lead to a lot of losses for the Texans this year. Moving on, we talk about the 49ers, a 30-23 win at the Rams as uh, Kyle Shanahan continues to own Sean McVay. But you will never convince me that Sean McVay did not know the spread in this game because <laughs> kicking a field goal as time expires to cover the spread is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And if you won with the Rams covering that spread, you are not allowed to complain about a bad beat for (laughs) two uh, weeks. Two weeks. That's fine. You you have a two-week ban for complaining about a bad beat if you were gifted the Sean McVay Rams cover. Yeah, I think that's all right. Yeah, yeah. listen, you, I take those when they come my way. Uh, I'll be honest, though. The Rams, this was a, a much more competitive game than I expected. The Rams are better. Like, this is a solid football team. Matt Stafford is good. Uh, he made a couple errors in this game. Really, he made an error. Kyron Williams popped the ball off of his hands and mm. let the Niners take one away from him. Um, but he gave them a good chance to win this game. Uh, and the late turnovers killed the Rams. They were They were in this thing. And if you watch just the, the first half, you could argue they, they were maybe even the better team. Uh, but the 49ers, this is a, a winning team. They find ways to win. So this was a this was an impressive, uh, I think, a, a more impressive win now in hindsight mm-hmm. than I would have thought it would be going into the game. I know uh, the, the Rams are certainly waiting for Cooper Cup to, to get healthy, but Puka Nakua, Nachua, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> First player in NFL history to have 10 catches and 100 receiving yards in each of his first two career games. Yeah, 15 catches, 147 yards. Huge day for him. Well, you wonder He's, you wonder if it's just plug and play. 
like this, it's not Cooper Cup. It's just plug and play. I mean, I, I think Cooper Cup's certainly better. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I don't. I mean, Cooper Cup's not Jerry Rice or Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like those uh, the, the Wes Welker days. It's like you, you know you, 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 you replace him. You replace Wes Welker. Danny with Amendola. Danny Amendola. You replace him with Julian Edelman. Yeah. And bam, you're you're good. As long <laughs> as you got somebody who can do that job, understands the route tree, and and clearly Nachua is is good enough for right now. The Giants, a 31-28 come-from-behind win over the Cardinals, a 21-point come-from-behind win. In the first half of this game, the Giants looked absolutely pathetic. They looked like the worst team in football on both sides of the ball. They were being outscored 60 to nothing. If you combine last week with this week before they scored the first points of their season on the Daniel Jones touchdown, it's the second most points allowed before scoring your own points to begin a season since the 1970 merger. But they come from 21 points down for the first time since 1949. They had lost 150 straight games when trailing by at least 21 points, second longest streak in NFL history, and so it was a different. It was a tale of two halves. They were bad in the first half, much better in the second half. They score on their opening drive, and then they wind up just uh, the defense do- dominated that second half. And I wonder if there might have been a little bit of uh, hey, we're still trying to play for the number one seed here <laughs> for tell oh, the number one pick, the number one pick. Like tell Josh Dobbs, like listen, great first half, okay. Now let's uh, take the foot off the gas here. I mean, Josh Dobbs <laughs> played like he wanted it in the first half. Yep. Uh, he uh, he had like a long 23-yard run where he trucks a safety into the end zone. I mean, it was the, – the, the Cardinals were assaulting the Giants, and I was thinking, man, these dudes are rolling over and dying. Credit to Brian Dayball, credit to the Giants for fighting back – Winning a game that, man, I, I don't know that I think they should have won. But mm-hmm. uh, incredible second half. And, and Daniel Jones, who looked about as bad as he could, came out and played a really good game in, in the second half, uh, both running the ball and throwing the ball, brought the Giants all the way back and won it for him. And the more important thing to come out of this win was the late injury to Saquon Barkley. According to reports, he is scheduled to undergo an MRI on his right ankle today uh, to determine the severity of the uh, injury and how much time he could miss, if at all. His ankle was swollen after the game, but uh, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, it's an ordinary sprain rather than a high ankle sprain. Okay, that's the best case scenario. Just need to verify on Monday. So there's optimism that they get the MRI today and there'll be more answers. But the Giants play Thursday night in San Francisco. And if he's dealing with an ankle sprain, the last thing you want is the short week. So I would seriously, you know, not expect uh, Saquon on Thursday. 49ers right now, 10-point favorites over the Giants. And I think that that is factoring in probably no Saquon on Thursday. Yeah, probably. Moving on, the Cowboys defeated the Jets 30-10 to as the Jets offense without Aaron Rodgers. Not much, not much, not much there. You know, they had the one catch and run by Garrett Wilson that gave them some life. But Zach Wilson, three interceptions. Micah Parsons was a beast in this game. The entire Cowboys defense was a beast in this game. Yeah, the Cowboys might be the best team in football. Now, it's easy to say that because they've played two pretty pathetic offenses so far. Yep. 
but man, they, they've looked good and it's, it's hard to find a hole in them right now. As for the jets, this, a lot of people were like jets plus nine and a half. Their defense is good enough to keep them in games. I think we underestimated just how bad Zach Wilson can be. I, I also think that it was just a terrible offensive game plan because they did not. I, I understand that the running game didn't work early, but you have to try and establish the run. Dalvin Cook, four carries for seven yards. Brees Hall, four carries for nine yards. That's it. The most successful plays the Jets offense had was when Zach Wilson took off and ran. And, you know, after the game, there was a uh, Brees Hall had posted a tweet and then he deleted it, but he posted four football emojis. And basically he's like, I, I only got four touches. And that's why we struggled in this game. I got you, saw how, you saw how explosive he was in week one. I, I just don't know why they didn't try and force feed the run. Here's what I know. Last year, this team, everybody was excited about it because they were they were all playing hard they're all playing together because they were nobody thought they would be able to do anything mm -hmm. and they were clearly better than anyone thought last year the thing that could kill them this year is the expectations were so high and the letdown and this is going this there's no way this season isn't going to finish mm -hmm. as a letdown compared to what people thought they yep. could be going into the season and these guys like sauce gardeners deactivated his twitter Brees hall's tweeting four football emojis mm -hmm. like there's already the, the signs of frustration. It could be really ugly by the end of this season. But it's like I've said before. If they beat the Patriots next week, even if you lose to the Chiefs, you're 2-2 two and two after four weeks. And I got to be honest, the expectations, even with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, 2-2 two and two would have been a good start. Sure. Because to say that you had two wins after playing the Bills, Cowboys, and Chiefs in three of your first four games... I think I think any Jets fan, I think the Jets would have signed up for that. If you're trying to break the season down into quarters, right, which is what the the old practice was. Yep. I know we have the extra game now, but you would break the season down into quarters when you had 16 games, and the first four games you're looking at, and you would say, "Man, Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs. Wow, I just hope we can go one and three, you know, beating the Patriots. But if we go two and two, that's a win. So I think if the Jets take care of business at home against the Patriots. I, I think that everything is okay for now. One more game before we preview the two Monday night games for tonight. We have two Monday night games tonight and two Monday night games next week. Yeah, baby. I love it. I, I love, love the two Monday night games. Although I want them to be uh, spread out. Staggered a little bit. Yeah. yeah one don't... East Coast, one West Coast. Yeah. yeah What's wrong with that? I don't like the fact that they're at the same time or an hour away from each other. But anyway, uh, the Commanders, a 35-33 win over the Broncos. Don't let the final score fool you. It wasn't that close because... The Hail Mary at the end. Man, Russell Wilson does throw a good deep ball, I got to say. The Hail Mary by Russell Wilson from 50 yards out. Brandon Johnson catches it at the gun, and they go for the two for the tie, obviously, and they miss the two-point conversion. So the final score, 35-33. The game was really over at 35-27. I also think it's important to remember, the Broncos were dominating this game. This yeah, was a it was twenty-one, 21 to three yeah, game. Three. Yep. Early in the second quarter, the the Commanders had no answer for Russell Wilson, and things just melted on him. Mm -hmm. Things fell apart defensively. Like it was, I, I, it's hard to explain how the Broncos not only like like you said the, the final score looked closer than it should have because of a hail mary, but it's like how did they even get to where they were losing this game? Yeah. It, it's just a. A fascinating meltdown, and you you expect that with a team like the Cardinals, the Broncos at home to mm -hmm. to to 
screw away that lead like that, that – Man, that tells you a lot about what's going on with this team. Great coaching adjustments by the commanders. I thought Eric Bieniemy called a great game in the second half. Sam Howell looked better. Brian Robinson is a stud in this offense. Uh, you can't say more about this kid. 18 carries for 87 yards and two touchdowns. He also had 42 receiving yards. He is the he is their ultimate weapon. And just the, no running game from the Broncos. You know, you, you, you can't uh, you can't. Play with a lead if you can't run the ball. Yeah. And, and that's the problem here. Russell Wilson just asked to do a little bit too much. 18 of 32. I know he had the 308 yards, 50 yards on the final play, uh, and the three touchdowns, one on the final play. But 18 of 32 is not a good performance no. for, for Russell Wilson. A 54.5 QBR compared to Sam Howell's 64.1. So we'll, we'll be interested to see what our composite rankings are after two weeks. I know we discussed that after one week. We'll see what we do that on the Dream Pod coming up this week. We have two Monday Night Football games tonight, and then I'll give you the early lines here for week two. We have Saints-Panthers. The Saints are laying three, and the Browns at the Steelers. Cleveland laying two. Let's start with the Saints-Panthers. I gave this out as my best bet on the Dream Pod. I can't see the Saints losing this football game. Uh, I I love fading the rookie quarterbacks early. And even though we saw C.J. Stroud actually play better, yes, same thing with Anthony Richardson yesterday, rookie quarterbacks still struggle in their first three weeks. And it, it's now, after last week, I guess we can update the standings because two rookie quarterbacks technically played each other. So we can update the standings. In the last uh, 20 week, one through three games, one 18 and one straight up, four and 16 ATS. So let's make it now two 19. I think you could throw one. that one out because it's head versus head. So I also think you might maybe just throw Anthony Richardson out because he got hurt in the game and just do it as a negative on CJ Stroud. Yeah. Maybe. And you can call it one 19 and one, but whatever. If you want to cancel it out, cancel it out. The bottom line is they're 23% ATS in, in the last. One weeks one through three games last 20 weeks one through three games yeah and the Panthers without JC Horn obviously it looks like now maybe Bryce Young will be without DJ Chark or at least maybe a, mm -hmm. a limited version of DJ Chark um yeah things aren't lining up well for the Panthers they, they are a a home division dog which is something I, I typically don't want to go mm -hmm. against but we ended up using them in our golden nugget contest yep. uh so we're looking to we're hoping to go six and one this week after yep. a slow start last week, uh, we had a, we had a good run this week. So hopefully we finish it off with the Saints minus three tonight. Yep, and then we have the Browns at the Steelers. Speaking of a division home dog, Steelers are two point dogs at home here to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, the sharp side certainly seems to be the Steelers. Uh, everyone I know who's who's in this game mm -hmm. is a uh, is a Steelers backer here. I worry for the Steelers. The only thing that keeps me from betting the Browns is Tomlin's history in these spots. Well, how about know. the Browns' history? The Browns have lost nineteen straight regular season games in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard to fade. But from a matchup standpoint. I mean, we saw the Steelers' offensive line struggle a week ago, mm -hmm. struggle to keep picking up right. This Browns' defensive front is nasty, man, and they can get after you. So Kenny Pickett's going to have to make quick decisions. This is, this is going to be a, a really telling game because if Cleveland wins this game, 
we got to start talking seriously about Cleveland as maybe the best team in the AFC North. Yeah, and I know a lot of people before the season were putting in some long-shot tickets on the Browns to win the division, and it was because, hey, if Deshaun Watson steps it up and returns to form. If he's an above-average quarterback, yeah, this is a good team. This is a very good team. Let's take an early look at the Week 3 lines. These are the lines that are available right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook. It starts on Thursday night. We talked about this briefly. The Giants at the 49ers, San Francisco, a 10-point favorite. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and well, probably no Saquon Barkley. Uh, on Sunday, the Jaguars, nine-point home favorites to the Texans. The Lions, four-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Falcons. The Bills, six-and-a-half-point favorites at the Commanders. Now, you texted me yesterday during the Bills game about this spread against the Commanders. After watching what Washington did against Denver, do you change your opinion on wanting to lay the six and a half? No. Well, I so full disclosure in pocket. Yeah. Uh, I bet Bills minus five when this came out. I said there's there's only one direction this line can go. The Bills were clearly way more impressive than the Commanders were. The Commanders mm-hmm. took a comeback victory to 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 beat the Broncos. The Bills was never in doubt. Uh, I think this goes to the other side of seven. So if I didn't have if I didn't have five in my pocket, I'd I'd play six and a half because I think this gets to seven. Desperation Bowl in Minnesota, the zero and two Chargers, the zero and two Vikings. Chargers laying one on the road. Yeah, it's hard to trust the Chargers as a as a, a, a road favorite mm-hmm. right now. Um, I I don't know what to think of this game. Uh, somebody's about to be eliminated from playoff contention, it feels yeah. like, in, in this game. This is one of the bigger games on the board this week. Ravens, eight-point favorites at home against the Colts, and we will not know the status of Anthony Richardson for a couple of days. Yeah, I, I don't like uh, I don't like laying a big number with the Ravens. The Packers, two-point home favorites over the Saints. Do you think that could change if the Saints have a good performance tonight? I think it tonight? could. I think it could. Uh, the, and the Packers, it was a an uneven performance, I mm-hmm. guess is probably the best way to describe it. Like you see some flashes, but you also realize. They, were, they're, they, they started, what, three rookie wide receivers. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're still without Christian Watson. Aaron Jones didn't play yep. in that game. So Jordan Love still is impressing me doing a lot with a little. Yeah. We'll see when he gets his full complement of weapons. The Titans are at the Browns. Cleveland laying four and a half. I kind of like Cleveland there. Uh, Again, I I talked about the Cleveland defensive front. And you think back to week one, how Tannehill looked and was just lost in that game uh, against the Saints. Mm -hmm. And I I could see Cleveland doing a similar thing, putting them under a lot of pressure, forcing them into some mistakes. Dolphins laying seven at home against the Broncos. Oh boy, that feels like a trappy line. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is this is interesting because this is Fangio and you know his, his old boys. Sure, and, sure. Yeah. I I don't know what I don't know what to think about the Broncos right now because I saw some Broncos that made me go, okay, there's something there. Yeah, Sean Payton's got his impact. It's working. And, and then I saw some. Oh my gosh, Russell Wilson still stinks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always say I don't want I don't want to bet a team the week after they play Belichick. Because typically he shows some the other mm-hmm, coaches mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. way to do something. He shows them uh, something that they didn't realize before. Speaking of Belichick, the Patriots, two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Jets. Yuck. And we know Belichick just owns Zach Wilson. He does own Zach Wilson. Um, yeah, it, it's I, I, this Patriots team isn't going to be a fun team to bet as a favorite. But there's no way I'm back in the Jets right now. The Seahawks. Give me the under. Se- yeah, 38. Seahawks, four-and-a-half-point home favorites against the Panthers. 
I like the Seahawks. The yeah, Seahawks team looks looks aggressive. They look uh, they look motivated. This is a pretty pretty decent team. But, you know, and what what they did yesterday, I, I don't think was fluky. Like the Lions are Lions are good, and, and the Seahawks said, you know what, we're we're hanging with you toe to toe, and that was without two starting tackles. Mm-hmm. Like they were banged up bad. It didn't matter. The Chiefs twelve and a half point favorites at home against the Bears. Oh boy. Uh, I I can't imagine anything other than Patrick Mahomes carving up that defense. Mm-hmm. I, it's you know, and and Justin Fields is going to have a hard time getting anything up the middle uh, with Chris Jones back. So that's a massive number, but I'd I'd probably look to lay it. Cowboys twelve and a half point favorites at the Cardinals. Cowboys, I don't worry about laying yeah. a big number with. Mm-hmm. I, I nope. think they can absolutely dominate this game. This could be a, a, a four touchdown game. And the Sunday night game, the Steelers one point favorites at the Raiders. Ooh, I might like the Raiders here in a bounce back. A lot of it depends on what happens tonight yeah, with the wait Steelers. Yeah, see what happens tonight. But the Raiders as dogs at home, mm-hmm. that's, that's intriguing to me. Uh, Monday night, two Monday night games. Eagles at the Bucks. Philly laying six and a half. And then we already mentioned the Bengals, six and a half point home favorites against the Rams. The Eagles at the Bucks. The Eagles are laying six and a half on the mm-hmm. road. It feels like maybe a good spot for the Bucks. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a seven just because the Eagles are, are such a public team. Yeah. Uh, and then you said the Rams six or and a half, six and a half dogs at the Bengals. And we talked about we don't know Joe Burrow's. Hot I, I think I'd have right now. I'd have to certainly lean to the Rams. Yep. So that's an early look at week three. I'm R.J. Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a celery chopped up and. Let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1. And all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and Five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. For the first time in eight years... The Alabama Crimson Tide are not in the top 10 of the Associated Press College Football but they, Poll. But they won. Barely. <laughs> Alabama drops to number 13 in the latest AP poll coming off their hmm, lackluster performance Man, last week. Double-digit road win. What do you want from the guys, right? Yeah. Uh, what were they, 34-point favorites? I think something like A that. 17-3 win at South Florida. South they Florida, ha- who didn't have – they couldn't afford uniforms a couple years they, ago, remember? They, they um, have quarterback drama. We don't know who's the quarterback for this team. It just doesn't feel like a Nick Saban Alabama team. No, and I don't know what I, – I expected them to try around with Ty Simpson and Tyler Buckner at mm-hmm. some point. Whatever was keeping Jalen Milrow off the field, they need to get back to him uh, because as as flawed as Jalen Milrow is, he's way better than these other two guys. So, I, I again, I don't know if it was discipline or if it was just they didn't like what they saw with him against Texas, but I feel like if it was that, Nick Saban would have had him back out there Yeah, because w- what you saw from Simpson and Buckner just isn't – it's not going to work. Uh, it's not going to work in the SEC. It barely worked against South Florida. There's some real issues with this team, and defensively, they're not as good as they've been. They don't run the ball as well as they have in the past, uh, although Rodell Williams did have himself a nice day. But, it, it, again, this was South Florida. This is a pretty bad football team that they they barely eked out against. A couple other teams dropping despite wins. Florida State drops down to number four as they struggled against Boston College. Now, I am – I had so much FOMO not betting this game Mm -hmm. because over the years I've bet Boston college a lot. I I like, they became like my adopted college football team. A lot of it had to do with Phil Dracovic because he was just so good when he was the quarterback there. And I love Jeff, Jeff Hathley as a coach, but red bandana game is an emotional game in chestnut Hill. Okay. It's, it's, it's around September 11th, every single year where they honor Wells Crother, who was the, uh, the, the, the man in the red bandana. If you don't know the story, look it up. It's an incredible story. He, he risked his life saving others at, at, during the World Trade Center attacks on September 11th. And they wear special jerseys. Uh, there's no names on the back. It just says for Wells uh, on the back of their jerseys. It's an emotional thing. It means something for these kids. And they get up for these games every single year. And the fact that they had the number three team in the nation come into their building on red bandana game, that might be the best Boston College performance you're going to see all season. I, I wouldn't doubt it. That would, they they looked strong. Uh, weather wasn't as as bad as some people thought it was mm-hmm. going to be. It wasn't the torrential hurricane that everybody thought it was going to be. They just they hung with with Florida State. They gave them their best shot and came up short. But it was certainly a uh, it was certainly a better ball game than I expected. Yeah, they, and, and so Florida State drops down with the loss. Texas moves up to number three. Also, dropped- oh, Texas didn't have the easiest time either with, with Wyoming. Like it, they did early on, yes, and they they kind of realized hey can we stop messing around now yeah like uh also dropping with a win is colorado who drops down to 19 despite beating colorado state 43 35 
and I will say this once and for all. You are not allowed to rush the field when you win a game as a 24-point favorite and you don't cover. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's an odd look, although I, I know it's a rivalry for them. And listen, Colorado hasn't had a lot, of cheer, lot to cheer about the last yeah, couple years. Yeah, I get years. it. I get it. But, like, that's, that's, that's embarrassing. I, I don't disagree. I, I, here's my concern is, like, Colorado, if this was what happens when they t- take things personally, Pac-12 play may be rough for them. Mm. I, I think some of the – I mean, this, we knew that this was a bad defensive team, but when Colorado State makes you look that bad, there's some real issues there. And Colorado kind of escaped with this one, to be honest. Oh, oh, for sure. And now they have to go to number 10 Oregon. Oregon's a 20-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Yeah. You think Dion? they going to make it personal. You yeah. think Dion's taking this personal? Uh, I, I think he's going to try to, but – Boy, this is um, this could be this could get ugly. I'll say that. Uh, and and so. they lost Travis Hunter. Looks like he's going to be out for a couple mm-hmm. weeks. Uh, there's a lot of people complaining about that hit. I saw a lot of dirty hits in that game, and a lot of them from Colorado State. Mm. I didn't have a problem with that hit. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't have even flagged that. That looked like a helmet to the chest. Looked like a clean hit. Yeah. It was a nasty hit, but looked like a clean hit to me. Separating a guy from the ball. That's a PBU. But mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of people upset about that. Uh, the biggest mover in the top 25 was Tennessee losing to Florida. They dropped Cha-ching. from number 12 down to number 23. Yeah. Uh, starting to look like maybe uh, Tennessee, not what or not what everybody thought they mm-hmm. were. It's, start, it's starting, to, uh, starting to get exposed a little bit. I like it. Yeah. A couple of really good games on the schedule. We'll do plenty of this during the college football podcast. But we have top 25 matchups, Colorado-Oregon, UCLA-Utah, Ole Miss, Alabama, uh, Oregon State, Washington State, uh, Iowa against Penn State, Ohio State, Notre Dame, probably the That's biggest the headliner for sure. of them all. So there's a bunch of top 25 matchups here as conference play getting underway week four of the college football season. Congratulations to the Baltimore Orioles who officially clinched a playoff spot. Baltimore uh, with a win over the Rays, 5-4. to four. So they clinch, uh, I believe they clinched with the Rangers losing as well. But Baltimore is two games up on the Rays for first place in the National League East. But they clinched their playoff spot. The Rays are also in as well. Uh, here's the rest of the playoff picture, at least what we know about who is in right now. Rays and Orioles are in. Twins are seven games up on the Guardians, so it's just a matter of days. The Rangers only a game and a half up on the, uh, excuse me, the Astros only a game and a half up on the Rangers. Rangers were the Rangers and the Mariners a rough weekend. Yeah, they both uh, lost three straight. Mariners two and a half games back right now. The Braves have clinched the division. Uh, The Brewers six and a half up on the Cubs, so it looks like they'll clinch soon. The Cubs Cubs have just melted lately. Yeah, Cubs have lost five straight games Eight of their last ten they've Ugh. dropped. Uh, the Dodgers clinched the West. And in the wild card standings right now, uh, the Blue Jays are a half game back of the uh, – or a half game up, excuse me, on the Rangers for that second wild card. And the Rangers one game up on the Mariners for that third wild card. Yankees six and a half games back. You still holding out hope? No. Okay. Uh, in the National but hey, League- you, The good news, 
They're no longer in last place That's thanks true. to the Red Sox yes. slide. Yes. Uh, the Diamondbacks have won three straight. They have put themselves now as the second wild card. The Marlins have also won three straight. They are the third wild card tied with the Cubbies, who have dropped five straight, as I mentioned. The Reds still in this race. They are a half game back. The Giants are two games back. And then there's the Padres. I think it's too late, but they, they're hot right now. Who have won four straight games. They are six games back of that third wild card. So let's take a look at the schedule today in Major League Baseball. We got a one-day game, the Kansas City Royals hosting the Cleveland Guardians, Cleveland minus 120. Twins are at the Reds. You got Joe Ryan on the mound for the Twins and Connor Phillips for the Cincinnati Reds. I'm going to kind of fast forward through games that have like no playoff implications. Like it's just it's, it's a way to make money. It's on. just bothersome. It's like all right, Cal Quantrill <laughs> for the Guardians, Brady Singer for the Royals. That's like, a fun game. What do you? What do you like? What are you expecting from these teams? <laughs> you know, like the lineup looks like shit. It's just like it is rough. Like, it's a, it's some rough watches right now. You know, you're calling up guys. You're giving guys look. It's you're not getting the strength out of these teams. Uh, Mets are at the Marlins. Miami's minus one sixty five. Yuri Cabrera or Edward Cabrera, excuse me, on the mound for the Marlins and Jose Buto. On the mound for the Mets. Buto, so far, since being recalled, uh, in September, he's made two starts. He's allowed just three runs in 11 and a third innings. But he has allowed eight hits, though. So the, the hits are there. The strikeouts are there as well. 13 strikeouts in 11 innings. So we'll see if Buto can put the Marlins playoff uh, hopes on hold. White Sox are at the Nationals. Mike Clevenger for the White Sox. Yohan uh, Adon for the Nationals. Chicago minus 120. Phillies at the Braves. Atlanta minus 120. I wish this game had more juice for the division. But if anything, it's like, hey, sending a message for uh, the playoffs. Kyle Wright on the mound for the Braves. Zach Wheeler for the Phillies. I love the Phillies here. I mean, Kyle Wright, the last time we saw him pitch was against the Phillies when he gave up six runs in three innings. Yeah. Now, I usually don't like pitching the guy uh i usually don't like betting the guy pitching against the team for the second straight time because there's an adjustment that's being made yeah so that would be my only hesitation is that Wright is going to make the adjustment and he'll be much better against the phillies here in this one tonight the brewers are at the cardinals freddie peralta from milwaukee they're minus 170 favorites over adam wainwright and the cards, and Wayno's just playing out the strings here. The Red Sox are at the Rangers. Texas minus 165. Jordan Montgomery for the Rangers. Cutter Crawford for Boston. Orioles at the Astros. John Means on the mound for the Orioles. So, hey, welcome back, John Means. Five innings in his first start. Back from the Tommy John. We're still trying to build up your arm strength. He threw 75 pitches in that one start. So, uh, that was a good sign. Justin Verlander on the mound for the Astros. You have the Orioles on the road, okay, after taking the last two games from the race. They had a long homestand. They were popping the champagne for clinching the playoffs. Now they got to head to Houston to take on an Astros team that is fighting for their playoff spot and Verlander's on the mound. I think the Astros in the move here. Okay. I think the Astros in the move. Mariners at the A's. Brian Wu for the Mariners. J.P. Sears for the A's. Mariners minus 170. Rockies at the Padres. Ty Blotch for the Rockies. Michael Waka for the Padres. Tigers at the Dodgers. Eduardo Rodriguez for the Tigers. Lance Lynn for the Dodgers. Dodgers minus 190.
Make sure you guys head to pregame.com and take advantage of our great offers we have for you there, including the $15 offer that we're still running for a couple of more days. I hope you took advantage of that and took either $15 off AJ's UFC card, which went? Seven and two. Oh, that's good. That's pretty good. Or Plus you, eight and a half units. You could have took $15 off my college football card, which went three and one. Nice. Still mad about that one loss. It happens. Yeah, it does. Uh, but you can take $15 off at pregame.com if you use the promo code DOG15. DOG15 is going to get you $15 off at pregame.com. And you can uh, take 15 off a daily best bet package. Most daily best bets are like $25 or less. So saving $15 is a pretty sweet deal. Again, the promo code DOG15 at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seisberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.